0: If you are running a business these days, if you are using social media or any other type of marketing, and you are only thinking about how can I get my next clients, you are thinking way too small because those partnerships will bring you more business than you ever have time to go out there and find on your own.
1: Episode 183. Welcome to the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. This podcast was created so that you would have direct access to the true stories of what it's like being a businesswoman, the real true journey of very savvy, very smart businesswomen. If you love these stories, then make sure you go to bizwomenrock.com. And opt in so that you can get updated on all the latest podcast interviews, as well as how you can become a more active part of the whole Biz Women Rock community, which kind of rocks. So go to bizwomenarock.com. Woo, get ready for an awesome conversation because today's is with Janice Clark. She founded a company called Biz M Solutions. You can find that at bizmsolutions.com. She started out, her first kind of forays into entrepreneurialism, we're kind of doing just a few little transcription pieces of work here and there, a little contract work here and there, and she has built an amazing business offering virtual assistant services and social media services. What's so awesome about this conversation that I'm always blown away and love that women are so authentic about what it is really like building their businesses. And in this conversation, Janice talks about how she really sets up client expectations, some really cool things that she does to um, like in the initial conversations with a client to make sure that it's going to be successful from the beginning. Uh, A couple of really cool strategies that she has for that. And, um, and how she manages stress, how she deals with stress and how, what actually stresses her out. So some really good conversational pieces, uh, and stay tuned for the outro in the very end to hear my favorite nugget that I got from this conversation. Janice and I had a hoot. She's fantastic. And I know you're going to love her. So let's get going. Janice, what's going on, girl? Thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm just excited to be here this morning. We're having lots of laughs on our little pre-chat conversation. <laughs> We're talking about uh, the South. We're talking about babies. We're talking about all sorts of stuff. So uh, let's dig right into business. I love getting deep and dirty into business. And and so I want to talk about BizM Solutions. I want to talk about the journey Mm -hmm. that you've had. And in order to do that, I really want to start at the beginning because you were a corporate gal before you turned entrepreneur. Can you give us a little bit of a background as what you were doing and kind of what precipitated that transition for you?
0: Absolutely. Um, well, I was in retail uh, before I did this, and I worked. Uh, I worked for JC Penney's for a long time, and I, I did some buying for them. And then I went over and I I worked um, managed a Victoria's Secret store, and uh, did some traveling and training within the district there. And um, then my husband's job moved us to a very very tiny little town, and there just wasn't any work to be had. So, you know, for a long time, I, I was searching for work, but we're, we're truly out in one of those places that you can't get there from here. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, there was nothing for me uh, to do. And, and so uh, kind of as a just poking around online one day, um, I saw some work-at-home opportunities, and I thought, well, hmm, you know, maybe. Initially, I thought, well, I'll do this until I find really what I'm looking for. Right. Um, so I had gotten a job as a transcriptionist, and I'd done a little personal assistant work working for other people and other people's companies, and I did that for a while. I worked for a larger work-at-home business um, for a while and then decided that, um, you know, I-, I thought I could do it better myself. Uh, and by better, I meant um, do it my own way. What's always been very important to me is, is to um, do things um, very ethically, I'm a big believer in relationships and really meeting people and getting to know people, and, and treating others the way I wanted to be treated. And I just felt like that wasn't always happening. Working for somebody else, uh, there were times when something made sense for me, uh, but you know, corporate says you can't do that. Even when I know exactly who corporate was, <laughs> right, right. You know, uh, you can't do that. You can't. You, mean, you can't give the free fund. You can't. You can't go the extra mile. And so um, I struck out on my own and um, built a website and had a website built and um, started doing things my own, started going out on my own. And, and uh, initially I brought in a few clients, um, just personal assistant type work. And then I, it took me a very short period of time to realize that I could make more money if I brought in contractors to do the work and I outsourced it to them. And so I took a portion of what they were making. And then the business just continued to grow and evolve over the years. Um, you know, when I first started, that social media wasn't even—you couldn't do it. So I uh, got new clients by cold calling and knocking on doors and begging people for opportunities. And then, um, when um, initially, what happened—the reason I transitioned into social media—is that I had hired. I was reaching the point when I was growing a little bit. I wanted to grow more, and I had hired a PR person. I had hired a marketing person. And I was spending just unbelievable amounts of money um trying to get visibility, and I wasn't getting anything. I wasn't bringing in clients I, I wasn't meeting anybody I wasn't getting any opportunities to bring in clients and uh, i would I would ask these people you know what what you know what am I getting out of this exactly and mm-hmm. and couldn't get any answers at all about what I was getting. They just you know I thought, oh, put out your press release you know Great job, me. Or um, you know, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Said my marketing wow. person to me repeatedly, but she couldn't tell me what she was doing. Or you know, there weren't even any opportunities. So um, I heard about a new site called Twitter. <laughs> and um, that what year was? Yeah, this was it was the year Twitter opened. I think that was maybe 2007. Right. Yeah. 2007, um, 2007 or 2008, there, 2008, something. 2008. Yeah, yeah, the year they opened, they had only been open, um, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe six or eight months, and I was looking at them, and I thought, you know, if I, I mean, people like me in general, and I like people, and if I can get in front of more people, I bet I could do this myself, so I got rid of all my marketing people, I fired my PR person and my marketing person at the time, uh, you know, in, in hindsight, um, it's good to have those people on staff, but those particular people I had uh, were just bad choices, and so I started doing things on my own and meeting people and growing and and um, somebody hired me from Twitter. Wow! And I, I got so excited. I got so excited. And you're like I'm a believer. A where, <laughs> yes, yeah, Have you ever been in a place where you thought I think this will work, but then when it really does, you your jaw kind of drops and you yes. go, Wow! Yep. Um, so I started calling my clients up and I'm saying, Oh, you know, you're not going to believe this, but there's this new site. And I went there and I just started talking to people and I got a new client out of it. And my client said, well, can you do that for me, too? Oh, wow. And that's where social media was born in the business. And I started with Twitter and then moved to Facebook and and, um, YouTube and and obtained certification and started working with other leaders in the industry and um, just kept right on going.
1: All right, so I want to dig into a couple of points that you made. So I want to go back to, you know, that first – those first couple of people that you – when you realized, okay, it's a lot more efficient and I can do this a lot better if I sub it out Mm -hmm. and then take a cut and then, you know, kind of do it that way and I can really, um, you know, deliver really well. How how were you ensuring that the quality was still what you would do? You know what I mean? Um, Because I think that's a big worry for a lot of people who are kind of handing – like, I, you know, this business, business X is going to be doing your transcription, let's say, but uh, business X Mm -hmm. is actually subbing it out to this person over here. So what kind of what kind of systems did you put in place just to make sure that your that your integrity was staying high for your brand, that your brand was staying, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. and that each of these people that you were subbing out to were actually consistent with what your expectations were?
0: Um, well, you know, I, I did several things. Uh, first of all, I continued to monitor. I, I've never, even to this day, I don't set out work and then just walk away and collect my money and, and smile. Um, I still monitor very closely the type of work that's being handed to the client. In the first, uh, and of course, I didn't have all these procedures in place back when I started. Right, they evolved. When I started, I was trying to yeah, they evolved, but I was trying to micromanage it all and read every piece of work that went back to the clients and. Um, and I you know, as we started to grow, I could no longer do that, and eventually, the procedure I, I developed is that the first first of all um when a VA comes on with me as a new virtual assistant or a new contractor, I don't consider them experienced until they've worked with me for at least a year, which oh, wow. means all of their work gets monitored. everything they do gets micromanaged and monitored um All the work is is seen by someone else, me whenever possible, because I really, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm like that. I like to see it all before I hand it to my clients. Right. Uh, I see it all, but we watch it carefully before it gets sent to the clients. Uh, Once the VA is an experienced VA, um, anytime a new client comes in for the first three months, the work is, is managed and monitored very, very closely because every client has a different need. You know, it's not like when you're working for an employer, and once you get used to the way they work, you're fine. Uh, One VA may have six or seven clients, and it's really tough changing gears all the time uh, and and really going in depth and understanding that what they meant wasn't really what they said, you know, Mm -hmm. personality and and opinions and and just uh, things like that have have a big influence. So we wanted to work very, very closely the first three months. And then after we've seen consistently the client is happy, they like what the VA is doing, um, they like the work, then we back off. Um, and, and and I do have VAs who have been with clients for a very long time, but I still never see what they're doing these days. Um, wow. I do get to collect my money and smile. <laughs> uh, Of course, I'm still there to to you know help the, the client answer questions and work with the VA. They come back with questions about tools and techniques and, and tactics and things like that. Uh, and that's kind of how the process is run. But I also, in the very beginning, then and now, educate my client that, you know, you're going to be working with a virtual assistant. You've been talking to me, and and you can always call me, and you can always talk to me. I develop a relationship with that client such that I I want them to come back to me any time that they need something or just want something or just want to brainstorm, and I try to communicate that very effectively. And I let them know I'm handing them off to this virtual assistant. Um, and, and, I you know, I, I want them to feel like they can develop a relationship with her. But I'm still there. She may not do things the way I do things. And I go into great detail about the fact that if at any time you're ever not 100% happy, if something, she's doing something and it's just, just kind of nibbling at you the wrong way, you need to let us know because that's the only way we can fix things. Right. And, and clients are very comforted to know that they're not going to be considered a nitpicker or a complainer if they come back and, and say, oh, she's using the wrong font. I really prefer a different font. You know, that's a big deal. Right. It's a big deal. So I try to put the clients at ease, and, and that combined with the monitoring and educating the VAs that it's okay to ask for help. I don't think you can't do the job if you come to me and say, I'm struggling. In fact, I like it. That way, we can figure this out together. We're partners in this. Right. Um, we work together in this. So I try to educate everybody and, and then monitor accordingly and Finally, I take a deep breath, and I realize that in business, nothing is ever going to be perfect. Um, <laughs> what? I <have> had clients. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. so I should say that one more time. Uh, in life, in life, in business, in motherhood, nothing is ever going to be perfect. Um, there have been clients who weren't happy with me.
1: <laughs> right, right. As much
0: as it pains me to tell you that, as hard as I tried, my business, my brand. Um, they just, you know, it just didn't click. And what do you okay do in moments like that? Stuff. Well, um, after I go, oh, what do you mean you're not happy with me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, you, you kind of have to assess uh, whether or not this relationship should be work- happening at all. We don't take everyone who comes here. I assess these days. I've uh, got it down almost to a science. I know the people who are right for my business. And, and I turn down several people a month on average. Because we're just not going to be a good fit. And I can tell you right up front, you're not the client for me and I'm not the person for you.
1: Right. And
0: people appreciate that. So I don't have as much on the back end these days. Occasionally, someone hires us and then we realize this just isn't going to work. Um, it, it is what it is. Uh, try not to take it personally. And, and for me, running business, business ethically is very important. If I'm not the person for you, maybe I can recommend somebody, or maybe I just need to release you back out into the world and say a prayer for you. Right. <laughs> um, you know, it go, could go either way. I've done both. Um, but, you know, you, you move on, and most of our clients are, are, are just thrilled with us. All of our current clients are. Uh, but most people are, are thrilled with us. We, we try very hard. And I ask clients up front, what, what's, what's it going to take to make you happy? What are you looking for out of all of this? That's part of, of my vetting process. I like and, that. And if they tell me things that I know we can't do, I know it's not going to happen. Or if I get the impression that what they really want—maybe not saying it—but what they really want, something that we just can't do for them, um, then, then I then I'll let them go. It's not a good
1: fit. I just want to point that out again because that is a brilliant addition to have in sort of an intake uh form or part an intake conversation let's say for anyone who's interested so for anyone listening who you know has a service based business and you're sitting one on one with with clients and you're sort of having this very consultative you know sales conversation about who's the client who are we are we a good fit Having that in there of like what does su- – what will it look like when we, su- we succeed for you and, you know, what what will it take to make you happy because then you're really clear on their picture of success and then you're really clear on what, um, on what their expectations are so you can see very clearly like, hey oh, – e- so even though they may be talking that they want everything that you have – once you ask that question, it it becomes very clear whether it's like, well, they expect you to get them leads within ten days, and that's just not, right. you know, that's not what we do. You know what I mean? So exactly. that's a great exactly.
0: question. You know, well, we we go into even even more detail and ask, you know, um, how how, and I ask the VAs as well. I ask the clients and the VAs to have the same conversation. Uh, how do you prefer to be communicated with? Do you want yeah. me to give you a quick phone call? Do you want right. me to text you? Do you want me to send you one email a day to let you know what's happening? Um, You know, little things like that make a huge difference when you can clarify. And, and of course, very often people don't know. They don't know exactly what it's going to take. And and then we simply ask for their patience and that any new relationship takes a little time for you to get used to each other. Right. You know, am I annoying you by calling you every time I need something or do you prefer just an email at the end of the day? Do you want up-to-the-minute updates? Do you want me to text you? (laughs) Right,
1: right. Um, You
0: know, and so sometimes... Uh, uh, again, communication is key. We have to work on this for a few months until everybody's satisfied with the procedures and the way things are moving forward.
1: Right. I just, I really love that because uh, so many of my questions were actually going to be geared at, like, how are you managing all of these different relationships? Because there's so many things can go wrong. Um, Kind of a, a secondary question to that is, how do you structure like what kind of options of revenue do you, does your company have to come in meaning are are your clients hiring you for sort of like one-time jobs like one of your VAs for like a one-time job you know or your social media um services for like you know x amount of months and that's it or x amount of blog posts and that's it or or, or do you have people on retainer like what's what sort of like tiers do you have for revenue in your business Yes, all of it. Got it. Okay. <laughs> what's your um, most popular you know, I,
0: like what's the majority ongoing uh, social media virtual assistant services are is our most popular clients who come in and that's my ideal client I, I you'll hear me say relationships a lot because that's that just that important to me to build relationships I still have strong relationships with clients who don't work with us any longer because mm-hmm. the focus wasn't on getting their money the focus was on the relationship um, those relationships have sent me referrals have have gotten me PR opportunities, have have done so much for me because I focused on that relationship. Um, and so I kind of got off track there and went to the side because, uh, you know, again, relationships. I customize everything for the clients. And and as I hear clients asking, gosh, gosh, I wish you offered this. Oh, man, it's too bad you don't do this because I really like that. Um, I've, I've created those offerings. and I've customized those offerings over the years. Most people like the ongoing social media. However, I have people who, um, you know, some of those past clients who got to a point where they could do it themselves and they left us, well, it's nothing uncommon, especially in the summer months, to get a quick call saying, ah, I'm out of town on vacation and I forgot to schedule, can you yes. go into my town <laughs> and sell a few folks for me? Yeah, absolutely, whatever. That's um, great. You know, I have uh, people who come in and, and need a website, need the full graphics, uh need some help getting started, and then we know they're gonna be they're gonna be off and gone. Some people come in and they need a strategy. Um, some people uh, come in and they need some content created, so we you know, arrange for that to happen. so it's just once in a while uh, we we offer all kinds of of different options. Um, I don't do long- term contracts. I like to operate at the speed of business and we have some larger clients, but most of our clients are small to medium-sized business owners. And I like to work. You, know, you never know what's going to happen in your business. Right. So signing out a year-long contract with someone can be very scary. Gotcha. Um, and, and from my point of view, if I get into a relationship that it becomes evident this is not going to work, Oh, the most horrible feeling is to have another six months on your contract where right. you're locked in with the person. So we don't operate on any type of contract but the majority of our uh, majority of our clients do have uh, ongoing services with
1: us. So, what is your average tenure of a client? Like, I mean, you've been around. I know you've evolved through multiple phases, but yeah. you know, doing saying that this is sort of your most popular service that people are looking for within the social media space. You've been doing that since uh, two 2000, well two thousand eight two thousand nine, right? Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, so, around there, yeah. So, what's the average tenure of a client of yours? Um, my clients tend to stay for years.
0: Right. Uh, once they get, them, I mean, the ones who are ongoing, they, they, I really, I stress the relationship with them as well. I don't want somebody who's just, you know, kicking tires and, oh, let's try social media this month and let's see if it works. If it doesn't work, I'll move on to something else. That's right. not my client. Right. Um, so I really stress that in the beginning. Uh, I stress the need for them to choose a smaller budget that fits in with their marketing plan and, and business plan versus trying to squeeze out thousands of dollars up front. Right. Um, you know, and I, and I tell people, um, you know, it takes nine months to have a baby. It takes one woman nine months to have a baby. Nine women can't have a baby in a month, no matter how hard they try. No matter how much money you pile into this today, um, you know. I mean, you know, of course, the more money you get into it, you can get more, but it still takes time to build relationships, and that's what social is all about.
1: I love that metaphor. I think that's great. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Holy cow, that's fantastic! It, it could be because I'm pregnant right now that I'm like really identifying with it. Who knows? <laughs> I thought you might enjoy that one. Oh my gosh, I love it! Um, so, so I, I really appreciate you spending so much time on really managing not only VA's expectations but clients' expectations and really setting everyone up for success. Now, the question goes to: How are you bringing in business? Can you talk a little bit about some of your most successful strategies that you that have really worked well for you to to obtain clients? I'll tell you the one. How about that? That, and works.
0: I can tell you about all the different all the different ways that I support it. But I will tell you. The one way, the big secret, the things that, that some gurus, and I don't say that badly, some great gurus, uh, and some bad so-called self-proclaimed gurus will tell you this is the one thing that will bring you business, and that is relationships, joint ventures, partnerships, referrals. It comes down to the relationship, and and you need to be doing everything you can um, to encourage those relationships. I consider those repeat buyers as well. Um, the social, of course, that's the bulk of our business. I'm a huge fan of social media. Getting out there and really working it. Uh, I saw, I heard someone the other day say, you treat it like a gold mine, not a dumping ground.
1: Hmm. Don't just
0: throw all your content out there and walk away. Get out there. Say hello. Meet some people. Uh, Katie, I've met you now. You're going to see my face again. <laughs> I'm going to be on your Facebook <laughs> hey, page. You know, I know you. Um, I like the relationships and I like those ongoing relationships. Uh, You need to be talking to people, encouraging people to get off Twitter, get off Facebook, and actually have a phone call with you. Get to know each other. Share a few laughs and see, just see if you have anything in common. Just see if there are ways that you could help each other. How could you help them? You know, Zig Ziglar, one of his best quotes, and he has some amazing quotes, is you can have anything you want in life. If you're willing to help enough other people get what they want in life, you know, do something for someone else. Build those relationships. Talk to people. Uh, I'm a huge quote girl, so bear with me. There's another quote I adore that says, it's not who you know. It's who you know, who knows you, and knows what you do for a living. Hmm. You know, get yourself set up so people can see what you do, who you are, why you do it, what you offer, how they can reach out to you. Build the relationships, show an interest in other people. You're going to be building joint ventures. You're going to be building um, visibility opportunities. You're going to be building clients who refer business to you and, and, and just partners who refer business to you over and over and over again. If you are running a business these days, if you are using social media or any other type of marketing, and you are only thinking about how can I get my next clients, you are thinking way too small. Because those partnerships will bring you more business than you ever have time to go out there and find on your own.
1: Mm, love that. I want to dig into a couple of the, the very tactical strategies that you've used for that or like actual things that you've done. So um, obviously, I hear like on social media, you're now saying, Hey, you know, how can I help you? Let's get on the phone and talk. What about? Like, any other campaigns that you've done for, like, past clients or clients who refer a lot or things that, you know, like, I'm I'm even thinking, like, do you give gifts to clients who have been longtime uh, clients and you're thanking them and, you know, giving them some sort of an incentive or some sort of, like, nudge, like, hey, if you know anyone else, like, what, what sort of real practical things do you do to really enhance those affiliate relationships, those, um, and those, you know, referring relationships?
0: Um, Value. Um, not necessarily. Although I, you know, I have certainly, um, you know, purchased things or bought gifts or Christmas cards and things like that for for clients and partners in the past. But you know, when I talked about getting people off social media and on a phone call, I'm not necessarily online saying, "Hey, I see you have some questions about virtual assistants. Give me a call. Let me see how I can help." Right. Or, Oh, I, I see you have questions. Not that type. Of, that that's very selling. You right. Know, and, and people won't respond well to it. What I mean. Are um uh, you know Katie, oh my gosh, I just read your latest blog post, and I loved it uh, you've got some really great things on going on over in your business and, and I'd, I'd love to hear more about you I'd love to hear more about it uh, you know would you be open to a phone conversation right? Kind' say a word about myself and I'm not going to that call with any ulterior motives other than providing value to you because Katie, if we get on that phone call and and you may be telling me about an amazing service or product you have to offer, I might need it. Right. I might know somebody who needs it. I reach deep into my, my little black book to see, do I know of anybody who could help you, benefit from you, buy from you? Can I introduce Katie to somebody? Um, I'm really thinking in terms of just value to Katie. And what happens is that before we get off the phone, Katie says, man, that was a nice lady.
1: Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you're memorable now. Like, I'm going to remember you, and I'm going to feel like that was awesome. That She yes. left me with a great feeling. And now... If I ever, you know, That's encounter right. someone who I'm like, well, I I now need to know more about her, and I maybe this is something I could do for her. That's right. Yeah. Right. Well, and I don't stop it there. You know, don't stop it there. Don't just write this person off and say, well,
0: I hope. Uh, gosh, I hope I get something out of that. Um, you know, I I told you earlier, I'm gonna come find you on Facebook. You <laughs> know, I followed you on Twitter. I'm not I'm not stalking you, but um, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm going to you're you're now in my list of people I've spoken with, and I know. Right. And periodically, I'm, I'm going to like, and I'm going to share, and I'm going to... Uh, again, I'm not going to stalk you, but I'm going to make sure that you don't forget me. Right. You know, I'm already memorable. I've done something to stand out. And in the natural course of getting my own content out there, of sharing who I am and what I do, there's a feeling of, of reciprocity that's going to develop. And, and if we have a, an opportunity to have a conversation again, I'm you know, going to take advantage of it. Yeah. And, and again just coming from the point of providing value, um, and this is, a, this is a long-term strategy. Don't try it for 30 days and say, I've got no clients.
1: Right, right, exactly. This is very
0: much a long-term strategy. It's taken me years to develop some of these relationships, um, but it absolutely works every single time.
1: I love it. So I want to dig into a little bit more about who you are as an entrepreneur, uh and I I just love this question because it always elicits so many different responses. What stresses you out and how do you manage it? <laughs> <laughs> like what do you cuz you you come across as a very calm, cool and collected person, but let's be honest, we all know that that's not the case behind the scenes all the time. I mean, we're definitely not all, you know, perfect. There's definitely chaos going on or, you know, you know, stuff happens and oh my gosh, you got to deal with it. So, what, what has what truly stresses you out in your business and how do you manage it?
0: Um, you know, I, I saw a meme once that it says, uh, in business you should be like a duck, calm on the surface and peddling like the dickens underneath. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like that.
0: <laughs> I think
1: that's what we're all doing.
0: That's yeah, that's what we're all doing. Calm on the surface and peddling like the dickens underneath. What stresses me out? Gosh, there's so many times, I I turn when you ask me that question, I turned I'm in a little chair that swivels and I'm just looking around my office going, Oh, um, you know, the mess, <laughs> you know, working from home as a mom is, is just in itself means you're stressed every single day. Um, you know, um, a dirty house stresses me out and it's all always dirty. <laughs> you know, um, people, clients you can't please. that, no, it doesn't seem like, you know, it doesn't matter what you do. They're just not happy with you. Of course, that stresses me out. The a's who, who, um, don't do what they say they will do. That stresses me out. Um, You know, sometimes social media stresses me out, let's face it. Um, You know, you you keep hearing, and again, I'm a huge quote person, so bear with me. You know, you you, you always hear, um, if um, you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not true. (laughs) That's not (laughs) true. I'm working like a dog over here, and I love my job.
1: (laughs) I love it. I love it. I'm so glad I wasn't the only one who kind of rolled my eyes at that thing. I'm like, yeah, that sounds so awesome, but no.
0: (laughs) That might sound wonderful. Just do what you love and never work a day in your life. It's not true. It's not true. I look like a dog. Um, So, um, you know, things like that stress me out. There's a lot of uh, change that takes place in social media. There are a lot of people out there who like to talk about the good, you know, how, you know, do what you love and you'll never work a day, and, and, oh, just just work your dream, and, and even saying things like, you know, don't take the clients who aren't your ideal client. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, all that can be very, very stressful, so. You know, lots and lots of things stress me out over here, Katie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what Typically, do you have like one or two practices that you uh, really implement that help you manage the stress or help you get through it? I do. I do. Um, when, when my little girl was
0: very young, I met a wonderful lady, and I highly encourage everybody to look this woman up. She, she changed my whole life. Um, her name is Allison Lewis, and she wrote the book, The 7-Minute Solution. And um, and she was a client of mine. <clears throat> we uh, we did some work for her for a while, and, and we still have a relationship. She's just a lovely, lovely woman. And I got her book, and I read her book, and it talks about understanding your higher purpose. Okay, understanding really what you want to see happen in your life, and really, you know, when I'm a hundred years old, what am I going to look back and be happy about? You know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and she has quizzes in her book and things like that. So you can really drill down into what's important. And she says in the book that the, most people's problem with, uh, the stress is that they spend their days checking things off a to-do list and they're busy being busy, but their higher values, you know, they never seem to find time to work on them because they're so busy trying to get all the other stuff done. And, and she talks about, you know, understanding what you really, really want in life, what's going to make you happy, and making sure that's what you're working on. And um, so, again, Dot was very little, and, and I knew I wanted to be a wonderful mother. I mean, this is, this is why I run the business, okay? She's not a side project for me. Mm. Um, Dorothy, she's my perfect little angel. I just adore that child. She's just a great kid, and she's been helping me run my business for the past six years. And, um, you know, every day I know that I won't be happy if I look back and, and I was a bad mother. I neglected her while I worked at my desk. Or I kept pushing her off in front of the TV so I could take a phone call. Those are things I don't want to do. I need to be a good mother, and the business is completely secondary to that. Wow. Um, and, and just that's being what really I focus clear on, on.
1: That.
0: I'm very clear on that. I know exactly. Uh, and, and I evaluate myself on a really, really, really regular basis. How have I done this week? Have I been a good mother, or have I been too focused on you know bringing in more business? When I'm a 100, I won't look back and say, gosh, I wish I'd worked more.
1: Right. Man,
0: I wish I'd brought in one more client. I'm going to look back at my family. I'm going to look back at this little girl. And so um, that's when I get stressed. And when I, you know, as a mom entrepreneur, you always feel like you should be somewhere else, doing something else. (laughs) No matter what you're doing, if you're with your child, you're thinking about the client waiting on something. If you're with the client, you're thinking about the baby sitting in front of the TV. Uh, And there's so much guilt as a mother, anyway, that I I really, when I get that stressed out, I just think, you know, my higher purpose here, my higher goal. What's important to me? What's really important to me? And you know, everything else really will wait. It will. It absolutely will. You think it won't? It will. While you attend to your higher purpose. Um, so that's that's kind of what keeps me keeps me in line and keeps me calm, understanding why really why I'm running this business and what my higher purpose here is. Hmm.
1: I can't think of a better way to end this conversation, Janice. Um, it has been truly a pleasure chatting with you. Go check out bizmsolutions.com. You got to check out all the great services that Janice has to offer and you'll be able to find all that information in the show notes. Janice, thank you so much for being here and being so authentic and sharing thank your you. journey with us.
0: Oh, Katie, thank you so much for having me. I am i am so excited about our new relationship and, and I'm just thrilled I've been able to share it with you today. I'm excited. I have a new stalker. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna
1: do it. <laughs> Bizwomenrock.com forward slash one eight three. That's where you're gonna find the show notes for this conversation, um, including some really cool quotes. That I, quotes. Good God, quotes. That's what I wanted to say. That I got out of this conversation, as well as a couple of the resources we talked about, including the the Seven Minute Solution book uh, that Janice had mentioned. My number one favorite takeaway from this conversation is uh, the little nugget that she had in there about what she does during that initial intake conversation with her clients, how she sets up expectations, and specifically the question that she asks, which is, you know, what is it going to take to make you happy? Uh, Just brilliant little tiny detail that you can add to those conversations that you're having with clients initially so that you know what their version of success looks like. I can't stress enough how important that is because they can talk all day long about what they what services they know that they want of yours, but until you really hear from their from their mouth what success really looks like, how you're going to be successful, how will they know when my company has succeeded for you? Um, that's when you get to really hear the clear verbiage on what that looks like. So you can see very clearly how to move forward from there. So loved, love that tip. Love Janice. Man, she is a hoot and uh, I'm excited to uh, be stalked by her. That's going to be great. (laughs) Anyway, um, loved that you are here and can't wait to see you on the next episode.